Hello and welcome into episode 18 of Sports Are Funny with George Arjour. This episode is brought to you by Sonsports.com. That's S-O-N-T Sports.com. Uh, you can find me, George, on Twitter at Gjarjour and at Instagram at Gjarjour. This episode is jam-packed today. We are going to talk a little bit about Louisiana State University, LSU winning the um, the national championship, how Joe Burrow and Ed Orgeron are so similar to many people, and that's why they connected so well. Tell a little story about me heading over to LSU when I was a little younger and why they were my favorite uh, team going other than the Washington Huskies. After that, we'll talk a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr. supposedly giving out cash to LSU after the game, which is just ridiculous in its own self. After that, we will talk about the New York Jets and their TikTok girl dancing a little bit, NFL championship game previews, and an Instagram model turned cartel leader has passed away. All right, but before we get into all that, you can find us on all major platforms, you know, that's the iTunes, Spotify, the Stitcher, any of those you can find us there. Also, you can find us at sonsports.com, that's s o n t sports.com and that stands for Sports on Tap. And before we get started, we got one word from our sponsor, so check out our sponsor. And after that, get ready for a fun-filled episode of Sports Are Funny with George Arjour. Today I wanted to get started by talking a little bit about LSU winning the national championship and why I think this story really resonates for everyone in the United States. The the LSU winning the national championship story is great on so many different levels and if you don't, if you all don't understand, you know, the whole complexity of why this is such a rare occurrence of, you know, epic proportions is because of multiple reasons why I believe that LSU is the ultimate American dream. LSU winning the championship is the American dream. Let's start with Joe Burrow, who who won the Heisman Trophy, had to transfer away from Ohio State University, his hometown, and go to LSU, where last year he wasn't that good. He was okay. He was above average. And then he had to win the starting job and led the team to an undefeated season and a national championship. If you go back and look at Joe Burrow's draft stock before the season, he was supposed to be even undrafted. Now he's probably going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. That shows how quick things can really turn here in the United States and especially in football. On the other hand, you have coach Ed Orgeron, who was a failure at Old Miss, was only known as a recruiter at USC, as an assistant coach, and then what does he do? He gets the job at USC on an interim basis, wins games, and they say they don't want him because his voice doesn't sound good enough. You know, he has that raspy voice. You know, oh, go Tigers. I can't even do it. But 
That's the voice of his. And what does he do? He goes and wins the goes to LSU. Les Miles gets fired, takes over the interim job, and gets hired. And as a head coach, and everyone was like, "Oh, LSU made a bad hire. He can't win there." And what does he do? He finishes what might be the greatest regular season of all time, beating five out five teams that were in the top eight by the end of his season. Eight people to win the national championship alongside of Joe Burrow. I mean, you can't make these things up. And that's why we love sports so much. And that's why sports can be so great at times because it's a story about redemption. It's a story about underdogs. It's a story about fun. It's a story about one guy in um, Joe Burrow had to leave his hometown of Ohio and go do it in Louisiana. And one guy was in LA and at Ordron and returned home to to LSU, to Louisiana from the Bayou and won the national championship. And that's a great thing about sports. And just want to say congratulations to LSU. I've always been a fan of LSU University, um, especially here in the last few years. Um, story tangent for you guys. I I forget the year exactly. I can look it up. It doesn't really matter. The University of Washington went down to Baton Rouge to play Louisiana State. And so I lived in Miami at the time. And me... And my little brother and a couple friends decided, you know what would be fun? Well, I decided and my brother decided because other people don't really give a shit about the Huskies at that time. But they did have a great time. And shout out to them. Still really good friends of mine. Um, We decided we're going to go down or up at this point and drive all the way to Louisiana to Baton Rouge. From Miami, I believe it was a 13 or 14 hour drive through Mississippi, through Alabama, through the Louisiana border into Baton Rouge and go watch the Huskies take on LSU. And, you know, I did a lot of research beforehand. I was like, you know what, man, this is going to be fun. I'm going to put a barbecue in the back of my Jeep. We're going to drive. We're going to have a tailgate spot. I paid for parking. I was ready to go, man. We're about to dominate this LSU tailgate so i brought a hookah for those who don't know what a hookah is it's a shisha it's an arabic thing we smoke tobacco flavored no drugs here stay off drugs kids and we we set it up we brought out the barbecue and you know it's one of those barbecues that fit in the back of your of your jeep so when we take it out we start you know the barbecue up we start up the shisha we bring out our vodka, our beer, you know, our adult beverages, time to indulge, try to enjoy the bayou, try to enjoy LSU tailgate. And we look around, man, we had nothing compared to these guys. These guys had RVs, they had generators, they had TVs, tents, alligator spicks all set up. And the hospitality, I know they were yelling tiger bait at me, but the hospitality was out of this world. They come in, bunch of people. Hey, what are you doing, man? I see you in a husky hat. You're Tiger Bait. Hey, come join our tailgate. We must have joined 10, 15 different tailgates, eight alligator, ate some you know, fried oysters, and watch football. And the best part was right before the game, a couple of my friends who were not going, didn't have tickets to the game, just came to tailgate. A guy comes in with a, with a big cooler, still filled with beer, and goes, I don't need this. I'm going to the game. So you guys just enjoy this beer. And gave us all like, you know, 48 beers inside that cooler. 
I was going to the game. But I made sure to dust off, you know, one of the beers real quick and then take one for me on the walk to the game. We went there. We got our ass kicked 41 to 3. But I've never had more fun at a football experience. After the game, we went to some bar in Baton Rouge or some $1 jello shots. I bought a round for the whole entire bar. Couldn't have had more fun. And then went to New Orleans the next day and uh, just hung out in New Orleans for a day. The drive back the fa- after that weekend was horrid, hungover. No one felt great. But, man, what a fun time in Louisiana. And ever since then, I've become a really big fan of LSU football after, of course, the Washington Huskies, which are my favorite team. I've kind of adopted them as my second favorite team. Even though I did pick Clemson to win this game, I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be better on this day than Joe Burrow. But for maybe the first time in Trevor Lawrence's life, and that's not an exaggeration, in his life, on that certain day, he did not play like the best quarterback on the field. And, man, that's why... You got to love these stories like LSU, like Ed Orgeron, redemption stories, American dreams, just absolutely magnificent performance, and they really deserve to win the title. And in a way, I wonder now, are they the greatest team of all time in college football history? And there's a lot you can argue about. Yes, no. Is it the USC teams, the Clemson team that beat Alabama last year in its recency bias? We're always like, this is always what we just see now is the best. But in a way, I wonder, beating five out of a top eight teams left in the AP poll and winning the season and going 15-0, and was this the greatest college football team we'll ever see? Was Joe Burrow's performance the greatest we'll ever see? I mean, I don't believe anyone could ha- ever replicate what Joe Burrow did this year. Cam Newton, maybe, back in the day at Auburn. This might be the greatest single season of all time. If you just go through who they beat this year, number eight, Alabama, number six, Florida, number four, Georgia, three, Ohio State, and number two, Clemson. And they did it all in almost a butt-whooping fashion. So just shout out to LSU football. Oh, and number seven, Oklahoma. Sorry, they beat 8 Alabama, 7 Oklahoma, 6 Florida, 4 Georgia. They did not play Ohio State. They beat number 2 Clemson. Just a magnificent performance by LSU, finishing the season 15-0. and But after the game, now we get into the fun stuff. Uh, LSU is investigating whether or not... I, I hope, if you haven't seen this story, go to songsports.com. It'll also be on the write-up here. I'll, uh, I'll link it over on uh, the write-up for the podcast. Odell Beckham Jr. was giving out $100 bills to the players after the game. And at first, LSU was like, hey, guys, uh, no, no worries. Nothing to see here. They were fake $100 bills. In a way, I don't know what's worse. Would it be worse if Odell Beckham Jr. was giving out fake $100 bills? Or would it be... Better if he's just giving out real $100. Because who's going around with a stack of fake $100 bills passing them out to players? And if you're Odell Beckham Jr., how dumb can you be? 
you first of all LSU is being investigated right now in college basketball for paying players and I know this is not technically the school paying players but I mean being alumni of a school and, and accepting any cash I guess in general would be an NCAA violation why is Odell Beckham Jr. on the field after the game passing out $100 bills to players? He had a wad of them. To me, this is borderline and idiotic. Odell Beckham Jr., and I know there's going to be a lot of comparisons. I, I see some people on Twitter. Odell's never been arrested. Odell's never been in trouble. Odell's never done this. Why are we not being mean to Julian Edelman who got arrested this week? Because Julian Edelman doesn't make everything in the world about himself. He doesn't make the team about himself. Odell Beckham Jr., with frankly not that good a production the last few seasons, always finds a way to make the news for things he's doing not on the football field. And none of them are illegal. None of them are absolutely absurdly harming anyone. But it's bringing attention to himself and it places where he might not need attention being brought. So that's where my problem is with Odell Beckham Jr. bringing in the hundred dollar bills. Uh, there's going to be there's schools now investigating uh, investigating whether or not he is actually handing out the fake hundred dollar bills. I'm almost in a way going to say I believe the story of him giving out fake hundred dollar bills because if we go look back earlier in the season this year, um, Odell Beckham was supposedly wearing a five hundred thousand uh, dollar watch. Turns out they said the watch was fake. So maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is a fake flaunter. Maybe he likes to go around with fake watches and fake $100 bills. Maybe he goes to China and buys fake Jordans. I have no idea. But at the end of the day, Odell handing out $100 bills, which would be an NCAA violation to players on the field directly after the game. that He doesn't even play in. He doesn't know. It's not like he knows these guys. Odell, what, graduated five, six years ago? So he doesn't have any connection to any of these players at LSU. Just handing out $100 bills, going into the locker room, making it all about himself. I... I'm sure some of the players did enjoy Odell Beckham Jr. And some of the players did not enjoy Odell Beckham Jr. trying to steal the limelight. And on um, Barstool Sports Pardon My Take show today, Joe Burrow was in, at Barstool. And he said, I'm not a student athlete anymore. So I can say, yeah, when they asked him, is the money real or fake? So Joe Burrow thinks... Um, they are real and um the ncaa and the sec regarding the matter said we are aware of a situation regarding odell beckham jr interacting with lsu student athletes and other unaffiliated with the team following the game monday night the lsu statement said initial information suggested bills were exchanged were novelty bills information footage reviewed since shows apparent cash may have also been given to lsu student athletes we were in contact with the NCAA and the SEC immediately upon learning of the situation in which some of our student athletes may have been placed in a compromising position. We're working with our student athletes in the NCAA and SEC to rectify the, the situation. Look, I don't. LSU did nothing wrong here, other than allowing Odell to be there, but which is fine. I mean, Odell seems like actually a really good person who just makes really weird decisions sometimes. But this is a public shout out to the NCAA. If you punish them for this, seriously, you can fuck off. 
Like, the players were not in any way, shape, or form trying to be engaged in anything illegal. They had they just won the national championship. Here comes Odell Beckham Jr. They're give, he's giving out money, whether it's fake or real, who knows. And just in general, it's an idiotic move. Some of the players probably accepted the money because they weren't thinking rationally. They just won the national championships and they're 18 and 19 and 20 years old. So... You can have it as what you want. Take it as what you need. It's probably a no story, but since it's Odell Beckham Jr. and all the attention has to be about him, it becomes a story. And if he was giving out fake $100 bills, it just proves this for the second time that in the last year that he has fake stuff like his watch. And if it's real money, he's just an idiot. Before we get into the NFL games from last weekend a little bit, it's more about the preview of this week. I want to get into a little bit about the New York Jets who posted an interesting TikTok video of a girl dancing and basically hiking a football or shooting a football, a lot of people are saying up her ass, and giving it to what looks like a person in a Jets jersey who throws the ball. They quickly deleted the TikTok video after posting it on their account, but the whole internet noticed, of course, um... It's on my Sports Are Funny pod page on Twitter. I'll put it on, on the write-up. And in general, it's pretty funny. It's already garnered 8.6 million views. They deleted it really quick. And, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't find it that inappropriate. But people, of course, freak out. And uh, it just was an unnecessary movement by, by the New York Jets. And my theory here is it's either an intern on his last day or someone who's quitting the social media department of the New York Jets who posted this and wanted to make the team look bad. Because this New York Jets team always looks bad. The girl can't tell how old she is, so they could be in trouble for that. A lot of young people on TikTok, so it looked like they used like a almost like a clip they took out of TikTok. And it's just an interesting video, to be honest with you. And if you go watch it, like I said, SantSports.com, go to our podcast section and find this podcast you're listening to. It'll be on the right up there. It just makes absolutely no sense why they would post this. But on to the NFL football games here. We have, obviously, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens lost. Uh, the Seahawks lost. We went through this in deep detail on our th- That Being Said podcast. And this is a Sports Are Funny podcast, by the way, um, on Monday. So you can find that at our po- on any iTunes store, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to your major podcast. Plugged into my other podcast with me and my brother. But So I already kind of went through those games. I do want to talk here briefly about the championship games. I don't believe I'm going to be doing another podcast preview before the games. I think just this one this weekend so I can you know work on setting up interviews for the rest of the week. So I kind of want to get my preview out. So we got the Titans at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 7 at home against Kansas City. In 24-degree weather is supposed to be at Arrowhead Stadium. Whew, man. Part of me wants to pick the Titans here. We haven't had a team kind of come out of nowhere and get to a Super Bowl in a while. Maybe since that Ravens team a few years back um, with Joe Flacco and company and Ray Lewis and the Deer Antler Spray. 
Derrick Henry is running the ball like an absolute horse. Uh, there was a story today that said um, the Honey Badger tried to tackle him earlier this year. He thought he had a broken jaw because he's like tackling a rock. And it really is. The guy's been running nasty throughout the field. Meanwhile, Andy Reid is going to get another AFC or NFC championship game in his career. I think this is his fourth, fifth, or sixth six appearance in AFC or NFC championship games, and he's one in four or one in five so far in those appearances. Part of me wants to pick the upset here and say the Titans win this game, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the Titans plus seven against the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs to narrowly win at home and reach a Super Bowl. And I think that's going to be because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And this last few weeks has kind of solidified that and rebrought that into purpose and rebrought that into light. He's missed a few games this year, still through for over 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns. Uh, hope Andy Reid will get that monkey off his back of getting to another Super Bowl. But we'll find out if he actually gets that monkey off his back of winning a Super Bowl, which is really the ultimate goal here. Um, winning, getting to the champion, the, to the Super Bowl though, would be pretty impressive for this Chief team. Chiefs team which kind of flew under the radar most of this year. I think that's because of the Patrick Mahomes injury earlier in the season. And otherwise, I, I think they would have been more people would have been more inclined to talk about them. To the Packers versus 49ers game, another game where um, so I got the Chiefs being the representative of the AFC. And between the Packers and 49ers, the spread in my opinion is way too high. Anytime you got Aaron Rodgers coming into town at minus seven and a half, San Francisco. So I'm taking the Packers plus seven and a half. But I'm definitely taking the 49ers to win this game. Um, I think the 49ers have been the best team in football all season. Um, I know the Ravens took it for a while, but if you want to go from week one through now, this is probably the best team in football. To get Kawan Alexander back, their pass rush is absurd. Um, you saw what they did with to Kirk Cousins and Daquan Cook last week. I kind of expect them to do something similar in stopping the run game with Aaron Jones, forcing the Packers to be in a lot of pass coverage. Not saying that Rodgers will make any mistakes, but I think he'll be sacked quite a bit because of that pass rush of the San Francisco 49ers. And I know a lot of people want to always say, oh, the the, the the 49ers are carried, the, the carry Jimmy G. I'm kind of tired of that bullshit because at the end of the day, Jimmy G this year threw for just under 4,000 yards of 3,978 yards and 27 touchdowns. Last year, typically the same roster. Of course, some improvements on, on the line, especially getting D. Ford and Bosa. Um, their defense definitely is better this year. They went, what, 3-13 and 13 and had the second-worst record in the NFL, and now they're 13-3. and three. Jimmy Garoppolo has a little bit to do with that. If you don't want to give him all the credit in the world, fine, but you got to give him some of the credit for doing that. And if I have to explain that to people, I kind of feel like I'm wasting my time, but... Yeah, that's sports sometimes you gotta waste your time explaining really rational things to irrational people so that's one of the things here with the 49ers that i believe is going to happen and um so that would set up a 49ers versus chief super bowl i haven't analyzed everything yet there initial thoughts if that is a super bowl i'm picking the 49ers to win it 
But um, I think we're going to have the Chiefs 49ers. A very classic team Super Bowl. I think America can get behind this. you got a Midwestern team, a West Coast team. Um, I think ratings will be really good. I think people... I think especially women will see that Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe want to tune into the game because you know the week leading up to the Super Bowl, these quarterbacks get extra famous, and the woman will be like, "Oh my God, who's this guy on the 49ers? Oh my God, it's Jimmy G!" And then they'll want to watch the game because they'll be like, "Oh my God, he's so cute!" And then it'll be like the most eligible bachelor in America, Jimmy Garoppolo, and that'll be the whole entire spiel for the game. You'll have Shanahan, uh, interesting head coach versus uh, Andy Reid trying to get his first championship um it's gonna be it'll be fun for multitude of reasons so i am looking forward to that if that is the matchup chiefs 49ers super bowl as always we like to end it with kind of a weird fun story here and this is about maria esquivel um otherwise she goes at her her whole name is maria guadalupe lopez esquivel I know I have a horrible Spanish accent when I try to say things in Spanish, but hopefully that was okay. She's also known by her alias, La Katrina. So she was an Instagram model. Instagram has shut down her account because um, there's a big reason why. Why? Because she's also a 21-year-old Mexican cartel assassin. She's known for flaunting her curves and dangerous weapons on social media. She's gunned down in a shootout with authorities, according to new reports. Maria Guadalupe Lopez Esquivel, also known by her alias La Katrina, was shot in the neck Friday, last Friday, as the National Guard and Minochon State Police raided the safe house where she stayed with several armed members of a murderous Jalisco New Generation cartel. And this is according to Britain's The Sun and Mexican El Universal. Um, quick suggestion here, guys. If you're going to be an Instagram model, I know a lot of girls who listen like to be an Instagram model. A lot of men on here like to be influencers. Nothing wrong with influencing the world, guys. But if you're going to be an influencer, do me a favor. Stay out of cartels. You don't need to be an influencer and be in the cartel. Not necessary by any means. Either be in the cartel and keep a very low profile or be an Instagram model and sell detox teas and fitness plans. You don't need to be in the cartel if you are an Instagram model. Very, very simple. I mean, I wonder what those was like. It's kind of smart, actually, if you really think about it and you want to you know, dwell in here. You're sitting there, and you are a rival of the Jalisco murderous cartel, right? And you get a really hot Instagram model follows you. I, you see her? She's a good-looking girl. And you're like, oh, my God, this girl, La Katrina, is so hot, 21 years old. Let me send her a DM. You send her a DM. She's like, yo, baby, what's up? My name is Maria Guadalupe Lopez Esquivel. She's not going to go by her alias, La Katrina, probably. Or maybe she does. And she's not going to show the guns right away. She'd be like, hey, hey you want to meet up? Meet up. Boom. Assassinated. Great ploy by the cartel. Um, not a great ploy if you're an Instagram model, though, because it's a way to get caught. Maybe it's a cop who tries to meet up with you. I don't know how they caught her. I wish her Instagram was still up so you can see some more pictures and maybe some more, I guess, ideas of how she operated. 
But it's not possible now. She's gone. She's dead. They tried to revive her and keep her alive to arrest her, probably get information. 21 years old. So young, too. It's kind of sad. I know we're making jokes of it. It's sad. And obviously, the cartel and the gun violence and the drugs are bad in Mexico. But, but God, man, like Instagram models turning into cartel assassins. If anything, this episode is going to be called don't be an Instagram model and cartel member or don't cartel an Instagram. <laughs> Who knows, man? Maybe just be $100 bills on the Bayou with Odell Beckham Jr. Jesus. All right, guys, that's it for today. Like I said, enjoy championship weekend here when it's coming. Uh, I got the 49ers are going to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Initial thoughts are the 49ers winning it all. There's still time to change that. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, please go subscribe and give it five stars. Send it to your friends. Let's get you know get this continually growing. It's been a fun journey so far. Um, hopefully, it continues to be fun. Next, we're going to be doing a lot of reach out this week to guests, so we can get some guests on next week. Um, lastly, here. I do want to say you can follow us at sonsports.com. That's S-O-N-T-Sports.com. You can find – it's the greatest website, I swear. We have so many fun stories, so many quick tidbits. Um, it's sports news redefined, really, and we're doing a lot of cool new things. So just go check us out there. And lastly, um, you can follow me at Twitter or Instagram at G-J-A-R-J-O-U-R. That's G George Jarjour. Thank you for listening. This has been episode 18 of Sports Are Funny with George Arjour. A lot of people ask me, man, what is Sports on Tap? What's Sant stand for? And I say it's Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio Redefined. Oh, thank you.